Welcome to the Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I'm back. I can't believe it's been a week. What I was week? like, you're back? Was I not here? I don't know. <laughs> Were you gone? Wait, was I here without you? Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's funny. I know that like this whole pandemic is really all kind of blurring together, but mm -hmm. at the same time, like I, I don't think I missed you not existing on the show last no. week. That feels although, like a, a big thing. Although there was a new character on our last show, Old Man Murph, which I I did my darndest to uh, to slay over the last week because I'm only going to be talking <laughs> about PC games today. And I promise Ooh. not to complain. <laughs> I promise. I bet you're you're gonna you're gonna a little bit. complain a lot. A yeah, I know, bit. I know. Do <laughs> you want me to start with PC gaming like that? I don't know if that's... I I think we should. Like, I'm actually excited that you have some PC game stuff to talk about. Like, I want to hear it. <laughs> I yeah. <don't> believe you. <laughs> so I played Solitaire and then moved over to Minesweeper. I don't know if you know those <laughs> games still exist. I did not. I honestly thought that they'd been taken off of computers, but maybe it's just that I don't look for them. I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> during this pandemic, there's a lot of productivity that needs to be done. And the only way to do it is while running solitaire. Um, no, <laughs> I, 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 I said last week I would talk about Cyberpunk 2077 and I would try to t keep it in a, in a, in a positive light. Cause there is, there is a, there's a great game there outside of all the things. And, um, <laughs> I'm probably not going to keep that promise because honestly, I played a lot of oh, it no. on Xbox One X over the holidays. And um, over the holidays, I was also dealing with the uh, CD Projekt Red sort of exchange offer that they put in place. Mm -hmm. So to recap, you could request a refund by December 21st. They would get a hold of everybody via email. Um, they sent out forms to everybody who had who had reached out. Um, that form included like a little, uh, unique identifier. You had to like take a picture of, uh, the game and your receipt, uh, with, with the little identifier next to it and basically ask for a complete refund, um, a, a game, a PC copy on Steam or a PC copy on GOG, good old games, which is the platform that CD Projekt Red owns. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I was playing on Xbox One X, like I was enjoying myself, I was enjoying the game, the characters, the setting, the story, but where the game would, would sometimes, um, you know, have issues is when the frame rate would drop during critical moments of the game. And, th and that can be really frustrating when you feel as though you have, I feel as though I have a console that should have been able to, I, I was promised a, a different game in my mind, uh, but Okay. You know, and then you 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 look at the PC side of it and you see everybody talking about how it's playing on the PC and I know I have a PC that could that could run a stable version of Cyberpunk 2077. The Xbox One X is able to run the game but not at a not at a level that is that is quote unquote, you know, stable. It would you would lose frames a lot when you were having, you know, action-packed sequences when you were sitting there talking to people, oh, it looked great. And and that yeah. was one of my favorite parts about some of my favorite parts of Cyberpunk 2077 were interacting with the characters, dialogue choices, like like a like a good RPG is. Um but uh, I did end up getting, um, I kind of fell off of it after, you know, uh, halfway through the holidays. And then I got a, an email from um, CD Projekt Red and it was like, okay, here's your GOG copy. Because I had chosen to get the, the good old games copy. I figured that was probably the, considering all the work that CD Projekt Red is going through to try to make this work. 
good old games seemed like the obvious choice to, you know, minimize the amount of uh, money they got to put forward on this. And, and they do ask you to send back your Xbox One copy. I'm still awaiting to figure out how they want me to do that. Um, they've, they've said it's on their dime in, in a lot of their, uh, their communications. So, right. So you don't want to just go and spend a bajillion dollars, um, sending them something that they would probably just pay you or send you a shipping label. Or oh something. yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like they're just probably working on the logistics of, of receiving ho- however many copies. However, yeah. That it's probably a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I also wonder, like, obviously this is a, it's a very generous offer in this, in the state that like, I still have the Xbox game. I now have the PC copy. Uh, I, you know, I've had the Xbox game since launch, um, but I, I have stopped playing it on Xbox and I had to restart. I restarted on PC and it took some time to get the game sort of running at a, at a level that I was, uh, that I was comfortable with. What I was aiming for was just a solid frame rate. Cause that was part of the issues I was having on the Xbox. And I, and I got it running like at a, you know, a good 40 frames per second, uh, clip and it looks great. I'm, I'm guessing it's playing at a level above the xbox one if not maybe around the xbox one x um and uh yeah i'm having a lot of fun with it and and it's really interesting starting over because now i have all these like things in the back of my mind of playing through it the first time of like oh i know i need to go buy the upgraded os f- so that i can have more um more quick hacks enabled uh, as i play through the game because that was one of my my core issues when i talked about it early december was that mm-hmm. I wanted to be a stealth person, but also do a lot of quick hacks and and hacking and stuff. And it's really tough when you only have two slots and one of them is ping, which shows you all the enemies. And the other is like short circuit that does a little bit of electrical burst damage. So, you know, in my playthrough on the Xbox, I finally saved up enough Euro dollars to go in and buy like a six slot OS. And I'm just running around like, oh man, now here's the fun. Just kind of sneaking around and like randomly like hacking enemies and there's one spell, or spell, it's not a spell, but <laughs> it, you know what, it, it kind of is. This is one hack. Yeah, exactly. There's a hack called Contagion that allows you, fr- from stealth, you can just go around, you can hack the one person and it and infects them with a virus. And then after it completes on them, it spreads to two more people and you can kind of upgrade it. <laughs> this is getting too close to home. <laughs> I know. I don't know why I use that example, but it is It is the most interesting uh, and, and most uh, um effective because it can (laughs) i'm sorry everybody it can reinfect people who have already been infected and um normally takes out a large group if you have it upgraded oh my god i know i don't know why i love anyways it 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 it, yeah anyways and i've just been having a lot of fun uh i was having a lot of fun with that so i have started over um, I, I kind of recorded all of my character customization choices to kind of keep it in line with what I was what I was doing on the Xbox. Um, so I was able to load that back up just through like values I'd wrote down because I ended up restarting the game a couple times um, and I kept forgetting what I had chosen before. Like, is that the nose that I picked? That nose looks wrong. <laughs> that chin looks very wrong. And that jawline, I don't know what happened there, but so I just, I wrote, I finally just, after the third or fourth try, I wrote all the character values down so I wouldn't have to like remember which nose I liked, (laughs) (laughs) even though you don't see this stuff because it's a first person game. Yeah, you don't see it anywhere. It's not even in like cutscenes and stuff. (laughs) No, you see it when you look in a mirror, but even on the PC, when you look in a mirror, the the frame rate just tanks because I don't think the game means to show you, like even the mirrors in the game, I think they're all disabled. 
until yeah. you like go and look at them, which is probably why the frame rate tanks because it it the game is never meaning to show your character, um, which is fine again as a first person game. Um, but yeah, I, I've been playing it again on PC. I think I've made it to the title card, and I've I've kind of gone through the title card, and I'm I'm now playing as Johnny Silverham, working my way through it. But it's just uh, it's the other thing too, playing with a mouse and keyboard. It feels it just feels like that's where I should have played from the beginning. Mm. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe fifty percent is I'm to blame, and fifty percent is is CD Projekt Red is to blame, and in, in in playing it on the consoles. But I. I really, really, really probably should have bought it on PC, like, and and, and even before the reviews came out, because I I know uh, that's probably where it was going to run best. I mean, this game was coming in right up against the the noses of a of a next gen launch, and the game's been in development for so long, so we probably should have assumed that it was going to be targeting next generation a lot more than we thought. Um, we obviously know that now, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And and again, like playing through it again uh, from from scratch allows me to know, okay, I need to save up these amount of eddies so I can go buy, you know, some more hacking stuff. Um, you know, I know not to go down the crafting route, no matter how cool the the jacket crafting bit I picked up looks. Like I should probably focus on more like stealth and stuff. So I kind of can make the although you can reset your talents whenever you want but it's um yeah i'm really enjoying it and i think if if you it sh- it shouldn't even need to be said but if you're looking to play this game i think <laughs> definitely play it on pc and if you're in the same boat as me and you're working through the sort of exchange offer i haven't seen a lot of stories about people receiving their copies but it is happening i've i've i talked to one other person who who had received their Steam copy in their library. So if you did go through the process of submitting your ticket and choosing to receive a Steam or GOG copy on PC, um, you might... I received an email from GOG about the the free version or the game being added to my library. Um, but so you check might, your spam folders? Check your spam folders or even go into Steam, depending on what you pick. Like if you pick Steam, it might just be in your library. I think that was the case um, for the person I spoke to. So uh, just yeah check it out and see if it's there but it seems like they are coming through on on their offer to do this and they're they're keeping to their timelines so uh they said they would reach out to everybody in january and i honestly didn't anticipate receiving my pc copy uh so soon so i'm I'm glad yeah, it's it here does seem kind of early yeah yeah and i'm, I'm really I, i'm really hopeful that this allows the company to move forward and and now that they've addressed a lot of the concerns because I, I i did have I do have concerns with the Xbox One X version, and I, I really don't believe that major patches in January, or February are going to fix all of the issues. Um, but it's it's nice, you well, know. No, it seems like the underlying code of the game just doesn't work. Like, yeah, it's because um, like the the hardware can't handle it, right? Like, I don't know what you patch that fixes like a fundamental issue with a with a software like that, right? Well, I mean, you you reduce quality in, in in certain areas in terms of like just making it easier for that hardware to run it. But uh, I don't know. I it's tough. Um, I don't know what they Judging need to by do. By the screenshots I saw, they don't have very much further down to go. <laughs> well, <laughs> like... and that's that's the core thing is like from I'm 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 talking Xbox One X like base consoles. I don't know how they how they they fix that. And that's the thing. Like I mean 
the base consoles that's the reason they've put this in place is because that performance is is kind of inexcusable but um from the from the half step consoles like it it works um but i that's how i expected the base consoles to run it if that makes sense <laughs> you yeah, know yeah yeah uh, we ran into this a lot when we were playing um uh, days gone on the ps4 we both played it on a base ps4 and we're sitting there thinking like man i wonder there's probably less hitching and just more smoother on the ps4 pro and it really feels like they're targeting the ps4 pro and then kind of doing their best to, to keep the base consoles in lockstep but um this that that's kind of how i felt like oh you know we're just having a standard combat encounter and the frames are dropping below 30 and i'm feeling it mm-hmm. and it's getting in the way of of the fun and my ability to not die uh so <laughs> that's kind of why stealth worked out so well because i could just <laughs> hide behind something and <laughs> hack people which again is fun and i i am really enjoying it on pc and it's nice to um play it with a solid frame rate and kind of go through it again uh with without sort of those hitches and stuff it did take some time to get it running sort of the way i wanted it to run but uh and i learned that that it you know video games don't support sly anymore so that's that's interesting (laughs) so uh it's only using like one of the video cards i have in the system but um yeah it's it's been a lot of fun to to revisit it and i and i think there's there's a great game there and you just you just got to play it on the right uh, if you do have a powerful PC, that's that's the place to play it. And uh, if you're waiting for, but CD- it is worth like if you if you have the the hardware, it is worth getting getting in there and seeing it. I think so. And and here's the thing. Um, this this is going to shock people, but uh, I have a video card that's three generations old. Um, maybe even f- no, yeah, three generations old. Uh, Crofton, my co-host on Dungeons and Diapers, he has a he has a video card a generation before that. And the game runs really well. Like, there's a lot of settings you can tweak. It is well optimized for at least the last four or five years of graphics cards. You're going to have to bring some settings down. And that's always been my issue with PC gaming is I say, but there's an ultra setting. Wouldn't it be cool if... But no, like with PC gaming, you got to like... You NVIDIA gotta... says, yes, it would be cool if here's our store page. If you could buy a video card. Like even if I even if I had like one of those late night, you know what? I'm sick and tired of my video card being at 100%. I'm buying a new one. You can't. You can't find them. They even announced... That's a, true, yeah. I, even if I wanted to. Um, and and here's the thing. I I think like if you're, if you're a PC gamer, this doesn't... This shouldn't phase anybody. But yeah, like if a new game comes out you're gonna have to tweak settings sometimes even cd project red like when witcher 3 came out there were specific settings in in there that were flagged as this is a future proofing setting no one has a computer that can run this setting <laughs> it's literally the tool tip do not try this at home <laughs> yeah like try it but expect your game to run it like like a slideshow and i don't know if cd if cyberpunk 2077 has those settings but there are certainly like there's literally a setting called like psycho for one of the settings. And that, that to me is like, they've built this game in a way that four or five years from now, when they're still supporting it and patching it and giving it DLC, um, or maybe not four or five years, but two or three years, like your new hardware is going to be able to get a little bit more out of cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. So, you might see some improvements. Yeah. So I, I think like if you have, you know, lower hardware, like I have a, for, for the record, I have a GTX 1070 and, and again, that's a, that's a mid, a mid level card from about three years ago. 
and it runs the game at 40 frames per second um 1080p with like mid settings and it looks great and it plays great so again if you have a pc and you're not too sure about you know whether you're going to be able to run it as long as it doesn't like pain you to turn the settings down like it did for me um <laughs> like y- you you will probably enjoy this game but um yeah i i'm i'm having a lot of fun with it and i'm looking forward to uh to chatting with all the characters again as i move my way through because there was there was a lot of fun sequences in there where you get to get to you know get to know some people so it'll be a lot of fun yeah well and you played something else on pc and and i want to hear a little bit about this obviously because it's the greatest game of all time so uh horizon on pc (laughs) yeah still enjoying it i am you know here's the thing i uh speaking of older games like this game horizon came out four years ago came out in 2017 and um it it shows a little bit in terms of um some of the some of the uh, facial animations i mean the uh, if i remember that was something um i remember us talking a little bit about when the game first came out um that and it was funny because it was the kind of thing that never bothered me um because i wasn't actually watching them because i always play my games with the subtitles on Mm -hmm. so i'm like reading subtitles instead of watching faces so i never even noticed and you're like oh the animations are off i'm like what they're not even off Looks they're just fine to me <laughs> i i think there might be a bug also with mine where the teeth kind of look like they're inside out like occasionally <laughs> how do you have inside out teeth what does that even look like i, I can't just, even picture the, an inside out tooth <laughs> it just looks like um it just kind of looks like a like like the colors are not inverted but like the the mesh the mapping is is not done quite right it just looks like they have like floating dentures <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's really weird but you're totally right like with I, I learned to get past that because a i had subtitles on so i'd be reading the subtitles but then i remembered ooh, everyone has such dreamy eyes so i just look into everybody's eyes as they're talking and i just melt <laughs> and so, they speak to your soul <laughs> they do and because the voice acting is great across the board it's so good and but like some of the again like it's 20 I, this is why i'm really looking forward to horizon 2 because i feel like guerrilla games building a next gen horizon is going to address some of these concerns um from from a lip syncing standpoint and animations like all the animations and combat and movement you know when you're in the game and you're moving in a fluid motion it looks great but sometimes when they have the dialogue and they kind of um they shift their perspective when you're having a conversation you get that sort of mass effect you know the the background blends out and then the characters are in focus uh it kind of looks like the characters are like on a bus and they're kind of just moving as they're talking <laughs> and it's just <laughs> it's a little distracting and i and again i have to remember like this is a year before we got god of war and spider-man which which was it's crazy how much a year can can do with the tech but at the time horizon was like it, it blew it, it well it we loved it on this show and as i got into it and i kind of got all again all the settings working properly and and doing a little googling and literally one of the first thing that pops up is like you know horizon has settings that not no computer can run today and it's like okay, okay great so i know not to like jack these three or four settings up um but i think i got through i got to the proving i didn't get super far but i got to the proving and man that game is gorgeous and just running at 60 frames per second is i know if i went back and played it on the ps4 i'd be like what am i what what is this it's so different (laughs) um but it looks and plays so great and is totally worth playing on pc if you have not uh even if you have it on ps4 
uh, it's worth going back to. But if you have never played this game. Was the Pro even out when Horizon came out? I think it was because I remember people, I think you had, um, we had someone on the show that was playing it on PS4 Pro. Mm. Uh, I can't remember. It probably would have been, well, it would have been around the time that, that Abigail was born. But um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. It, it was close. There are some PS4 Pro sort of uh, enhancements that were done to the game, but I think it was more, it was more just, uh, it wasn't like a performance mode. It was just like higher fidelity graphics and maybe a higher resolution. I can't really remember. Um, but I know it wasn't like the crazy bump we see from from some games that, that get like a like a 60 frames per second mode. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think one of the things that people will will think, thoughts that will come to mind when they think about Horizon Zero Dawn on PC is like, well, did they fix a lot of the issues? Uh, the game originally launched in August of 2020, and um, I had said that I was going to wait until they, they patched it a, a bunch, and, and it's gotten some patches, and for the most part, it, it, it runs really well, and I think a lot of the issues people were having, like the random crashes and some of the settings not working very well have been patched and and i think the game is running um smoothly for the most part there's still some bugs and stuff like i'll have i'll like zone into a conversation the characters will be like facing the wrong way or like floating off (laughs) or something like very (laughs) rare stuff but um yeah it's been a lot of fun to revisit that game except for the creepy kids at the beginning and I don't know. I had totally forgotten about those kids, but yeah, there's there was definitely uh, a couple Aloy of really, looked a little. <laughs> yeah, the just the kid animations were a little bit weird. Yeah, luckily they phase kids out into the background shortly after the main character grows yep. up. Um, but yeah, everything about that game, the crafting, uh, the ability to like just oh, I'm out of arrows. Don't worry, I can oh, craft. Oh, I love while I'm crafting around. arrows in combat. So good. It makes no sense, but oh, it doesn't so satisfying. Matter. <laughs> yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. And you know, all the characterizations, like all the characters you run into, all the voice acting is really good. Like I, w- before you head into the proving, you meet the guy from um, I forget his name. Like, is it one of the guards? It's a guard from the big city, and he's there with like the priest or whatever, and he's like talking you up, and he's like, "Hey, have you ever come oh, to town?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, his his sister like survived a kidnapping or something. He works with the with the new king or something, but he's a great character, and he basically. He says, hey, if you ever come to town, like hit me up and I'll give you the tour. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You were so great. There's there's just so much character yeah, to that and game. I remember like really wanting like romance options and stuff. <laughs> the game was just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Aloy doesn't have any time for that. <laughs> Although that would have been a good one. He seemed like a fun yeah, guy. Yeah, no, he was a good one. <laughs> I feel like he was a good one. Yeah, I wasn't really a huge fan of like the king because i was like oh, you're full of yourself <laughs> yeah well, he's, he's the king so he's gotta have <laughs> a little bit a little bit of that but um yeah no that, that that game's so great and i i remember uh i was like when do i get my mount because walking around is really unfortunate it's really yeah. slow uh but you know early it's very early on and you even having played that game on PS4, I remember struggling with that first sawtooth interaction, like right before the proving. Uh, but I just went in there and I had traps and I had like the trip wire and I took him out and I was like, oh, that was it. I remember really struggling <laughs> with him on the PS4. It was a lot to to like to learn. Yes. Kind of like, but once you got the hang of it. 
Yeah, there were a lot of systems that you kind of had to yeah. play with, and they were all, I was surprised, they were all kind of available to you at the start. Like, you could craft traps, you could have mm-hmm. different weapons, and you could you could lay all that out for you, and, and you were only taking on one sawtooth, <laughs> and the game's kind of playing out like, yeah, th- these things kill people. It's like, oh, man, I, all I've been doing is, like, taking out weird, um, I don't know, horse things and... and like little little raptor things so maybe these guys are going to be tough and yeah it's it was uh it was a lot of fun though i'm i'm really enjoying that one i plan to kind of like play it in in a drip feed until probably we get the horizon zero dawn 2 like release date announcement Mm. and then i'll like i'll really i'll really jump into it and and in preparation for the sequel because i i really feel like i could benefit from having played the first one so close to the sequel and that I'll remember all the lore that it sets up because there's a ton of it. There's so much world building. Yeah. Like world building and then as well, combat. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having that knowledge going in, but um, you know, the little things that are coming back back into my mind about the game, I just can't wait for them to explore more of it. Cause I felt like when the first one kind of wrapped up, it's like, Oh, but I want to learn so much more about the old world and what happened. Like you kind of get an idea of what happened, but how, how we are going to have to like protect ourselves from the old world, like coming back to bite us again. Like I, I can't wait to get more of that information and, and to see where they kind of take it. Cause they left some strands uh, at the end of the first one. So yeah, um, they did. Yeah. Looking forward to I can't to that. wait to know where that story is going, man. It's, oh, it's so good. I don't think we're going to have to so wait good. long. I don't think. It, I, I think it's going to be a, a holiday this year game, I think. So yeah. it, it could do it soon. Hopefully it doesn't release <laughs> around uh, a new Zelda game because <laughs> that oh, yeah. is also coming. Uh, but I, I, I believe Horizon 2 will come out before Nintendo even announces the window for breath of the wild yeah nintendo takes their time and they don't care what the stakes are they will release it when they're done uh and we haven't even we don't even know a name do we of the new zelda i think that's just like the working title of breath of the wild 2 they've um they've not given it like sort of a like a like a subtitle we know it's going to be we know it's going to be darker than the first one just based on the fact that they are like literally going into a tomb and finding what appears to be Ganondorf or something. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. I think breath of the wild two is, is very brave of them because like they're, they have a lot to live up to with that first one. And, and, and it has its critics. So, mm-hmm. um, but horizon zero dawn beloved by all. So absolutely. Wait. Absolutely. Uh, so I also, well, I, I, I can play it on PC, but I didn't play it on PC. I ended up playing on the Xbox. Um, and I think, Ryan, you got a little bit of time in this as well. Uh, Call of the Sea, which is a title that's out now uh, on Game Pass, which is good because if any of you guys have Game Pass, you can uh, you can grab this one without actually having to pay an extra cent. I was going to say without having to pay a cent. And I was like, well, you do pay for Game Pass. So I guess that's kind of... <laughs> cost but anyways um and so this one is one that i was pretty excited about um when it was revealed i guess it was revealed that it was at e3 last year uh it, well if we didn't have an e3 we had um sort of like a well, yeah sporadic. we had the yeah it was i think i think it was like when i pitched it to you i think it was part of the july xbox showcase and it That's was a game what it was that kind of um 
piqued our interest as a it had a very uh, stylistic visuals and uh, i think pre-show you were talking like kind of like uh sea of thieves and it very it is much almost like sea that. of thieves like it's it's very like saturated color very um it's like it's realistic but cartoony if that makes sense um like it looks like I don't know, almost like uh, uh, real things, but just with like extra rounded edges, if that makes sense. Like, <laughs> like they, you lose a little bit of the detail and the realism. But um, anyways, it, it's definitely a, a really interesting animated style that does remind me a lot of Sea of Thieves. Um, I don't know about um, the actual like character design because as of right now I haven't actually like seen people because <laughs> it's a so it's a first person game it's like a it's a it's a walking around solving puzzles game very much in the vein of like Edith Finch and and um, uh, oh uh, wasn't there a Carter vanishing of Ethan Car Ethan Carter Is there yeah, two Ethans? yeah those uh, oh Edith no Finch. I think that's a <laughs> No, it's Edith Finch and Ethan Carter, both children who disappeared. You know okay. Bad year for Ethan's, I got to tell you. Just uh, vanishing and uh, what was the other one? <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, it, it's very much in that vein where it's yes. like you're playing a character. There's kind of like a mystery you have to solve. But I think, um, I don't know, this one uh, isn't necessarily giving me like the super creep factor that Edith Finch and uh, Ethan Carter gave me like those. Oh, and Gone Home. Gone Home's another one. Yes. Yeah. Like some of those felt like they were just designed to scare you. And I haven't gotten that vibe yet. Um, and I uh, maybe it's because I speak a little bit of French. But the only thing that you kind of see when you first get to the island is there's like this like warning letter that's written in French and she's like, I don't speak it, but I do recognize the word for Island and the word for death. And, and basically like the letter just said, like all we found at the Island was death sort of thing. Or like we came looking for something. I can't remember what, um, and all we found was death. And I was like, well, that's pretty ominous, but it's so colorful and bright and there's birds everywhere. I'm like, I'm just, I'm not getting the same like scary vibe and maybe I'm just not far enough in the game yet. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the game, I, I played a little bit before we recorded it, and it, it feels like it's going to be a, a short, a shorter experience than some yeah, of the... Yeah, the internet tells me it's about five hours, which I think was pretty much on par with my Edith Finch playthrough, uh, and my Edith Finch playthrough was a little bit slower, because like I say, I am just kind of naturally slower when it comes to going through things that scare me. It takes me a lot longer to actually, like propel the character through the story <laughs> yeah Th there is some creep factor in this one um i got into chapter well, I mean, it, two it starts and... it starts with her husband's disappearance right so he was basically uh he went to travel the world to try to find a cure for her mysterious illness it's the 1930s and his letters suddenly stop coming and so she you know, six months later, uh, embarks, uh, after getting a mysterious letter herself, she, she leaves to go to, uh, what is it? 74, 76 miles, uh, west of Tahiti or something to this mysterious Island where he was last seen. Um, so that's kind of like setting the scene of the game and it's, um, 
Yeah, like it's it's mysterious, but I haven't been creeped out yet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it um it kind of falls in line with a lot of these uh these these walking exploration game puzzle games that we've we've mentioned in that you are on this island and it's devoid of life, both good and bad. Um, a lot of abandoned buildings, a lot of abandoned environments. Yeah, and human life, human life. There's, human there's life. definitely oh, there's birds, a lot yeah. of like, yeah, birds, yeah, and fish and stuff. These birds are annoying. Anyways, um, yeah, <laughs> they. I think. <laughs> anyways, it it it, uh, it kind of falls into that that trope of of that genre of games where it's like you are the solitary person walking through, and um, they all have varying degrees of of the way the environment's interacting with you. This one feels very much like. Uh, at least early on, you are the sole thing moving through the environment. There is sort of, like you said, birds and stuff that are kind of, you know, working their way through, but they are not really interacting with you like they would in, uh, or like the environment would in Vanishing of Ethan Carter or Edith. Yeah. There was another one I played more recently. It was like uh, Draken, Draken or something. Uh, it was another good one that was, again, you exploring an abandoned place and the story kind of unfolding around you as you you progressed um now in this one you do i will say in this one i got the feeling like um as opposed to some of the other like walking puzzle solving type games um this one felt a lot more like zelda puzzly for lack of a better term like there are things that you will come up on in the game that are very obviously a puzzle that needs to be solved. Yeah. You know, like it is, it's not, um, it's not necessarily just things you have to notice in the environment and you have to like find a journal entry before you can find like a drawer with a key or something. It's much more like literally like there's a big red sign and it says like, hi, I'm a mountain and I go third. Like <laughs> it's, it's very like, um, it's very Zelda key and lock, like in your face code solving type stuff. Yeah. No, I felt that as well. Like the puzzles you come across and your character has a journal. So as you interact with things, uh, your journal is being filled and those journal entries and, and you're not necessarily the journal, but the, the log is you're like kind of writing down, um, the things you find in the environment, the game is very good. Like the character is very good at saying like, Oh, this, this is interesting. Well, this will probably come in handy later. And she draws a little, little sketch of it. And all of your, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like all of your puzzles pull from that journal. And the greatest thing ever is that while you're interacting with a puzzle, you can pull up your journal without having to re, you know, re-engage. Oh, I didn't realize the, uh, that. <laughs> it is so handy. And I was again, just trying to remember things like a chump. <laughs> well, no, I can't remember things. Uh, by the time seven o'clock, I was literally on. like, I was literally like walking from like one area of the island to another area of the island, going like mountain sun fish wave mountain sun fish wave (laughs) (laughs) which may or may not actually be the solution of the of the puzzle guys but like trying to remember like the order of like the signs that i had found and yeah that puzzle took me longer than i care to admit because i was looking at one of them backwards but (laughs) not only that like i think like the key to it is on the back of the like the the it's the bridge puzzle is it not it's the bridge puzzle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Early on, um, and and again, like I think, uh, like other puzzle games, and I fell into a trap as well. Uh, you know, in chapter two, there's a puzzle where it's like you come across the puzzle mechanic a couple times, and you're like, how do I, how do I do this? And you, 
and you don't try to figure it out because if you don't have the information to do it because i think this this game like the others are you are going to come across the piece of the puzzle to solve this puzzle and i think that's where the the zelda and the portal style comes in yeah where you need it's like a piece they of give you yeah they, they give you a puzzle piece and then they're like figure out where this goes but it's very very obvious that it like belongs to a thing right yeah yeah but even you'll come across like a large puzzle room and you and you can interact with it to try to solve it, but you're not going to be able to solve it unless you a look up the answer, or you continue on your journey and well, find. Well, yeah, or you could probably brute force it because, like, you definitely could have brute forced that um, bridge puzzle, but it would have taken a long time. Would have been annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I think, I, I think the game really. again it feels like a shorter experience like you are running through these chapters pretty quick so definitely take your time and sort of absorb all of the story stuff it doesn't have an annoyingly uh high amount of objects you can interact with this isn't like one of those point and clicks where everything is highlightable and everything has a piece of dialogue i feel like if you're but you only need two things but you can interact with a (laughs) hundred exactly i feel like this one has the right amount where uh the right amount of just flare objects to learn more about characters that aren't relevant to the puzzles but also like the puzzle objects are there too there's a good balance at least in that i feel like once it opens up in the second chapter and you start to get more stuff to interact with it's a healthy balance of of puzzle and just sort of lore build like world building objects to give you more information and i really appreciate that because again i i want to click on everything i want to hear every piece of dialogue when it comes to these type of games Mm -hmm. um so it's nice that it's not it's it's not uh it's not overbearing the amount of stuff you can talk to talk to yeah well i mean you are talking out loud (laughs) really talking to pieces of paper ryan (laughs) well the character does speak appear to be speaking out maybe she's like inner monologuing or whatever but still she talks a lot so maybe (laughs) she's just talking to herself i don't know she she's also she goes to the island alone which i thought was a little weird and like she has a whole crew that comes with her but they just drop her off like yeah yeah like a whole crew disappeared and and you're gonna go alone like I, i would have brought a couple of people back up <laughs> yeah back up like and you go in and you find these gun these gun cases it's like oh i i hope i came to this island and i don't need a gun because there's no guns here and it's like <laughs> oh man you didn't even bring anything to, like you're on an island I yeah know. i think i found it at one point i found a machete or something and then she was like oh well this is this is really dull this isn't gonna be any help i hope i don't need to defend myself it's like oh my god is this like foreshadowing (laughs) am i gonna like go down the wrong cave and then like just get murdered (laughs) i will say this about the story it kind of goes in a direction that is very um i wouldn't say supernatural isn't the right word but like sort of just interesting and like where is this going style like very I definitely got like a supernatural like vibe from it yeah. she's got some sort of like mysterious illness that there's yes. no cure for and the closer she seems to get to this island the better she starts to feel but like for some reason they call it the island of death so it's like why is it like death for some but health for her like there's definitely a supernatural element to it yeah, and I know you said island, and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's too easy." But it, it does really feel a little bit like, uh, like a lost, like, like prequel, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. in, in that this is based way before, and and I feel like you get that, 
they're they're aiming for a similar vibe and that this place is more than it seems and there's a lot of stuff going on here that you're not going to understand right away and even when you do finish six and a half seasons it's still not going to make sense and they're going to argue about it on the (laughs) internet for years to come until they evidently reboot it which they're not doing but i'm sure there'll be a netflix series at some point (laughs) what are we talking about uh islands Uh, lost (laughs) yeah lost is okay it is pretty good first two seasons i liked it the first two seasons were great we got to go back to the island oh man that was the first tv show that like went away and then and then they like came back and and they said okay we're gonna do 12 episodes in a row and that was that was game changing game changing but um call of the sea is really good you should you should play it on xbox Game Pass. (laughs) yeah i mean like i said i'm i've really enjoyed it so far um it's like I say, I, I haven't really gotten a creep vibe yet. So I don't I, and I also haven't gotten very far. So I don't want to uh, like tell people it's not a scary game because I really don't know. Um, but you're right. There is it seems like maybe there's some sort of supernatural element. So maybe there's some scary bits. But right now it's a very fun, brightly colored, uh, intriguing mystery taking place on this like tropical island with lots of like fun and interesting puzzles to solve. So I like Call of the Sea. I and especially since like I said it's um currently free on Game Pass. So if anyone has uh, any sort of like interest if you're looking for cuz that's kind of like why Ryan recommended it to me is cuz I'm in this like in between where I'm I'm waiting for some stuff that comes out later on in the month slash into February and uh, I wasn't really sure what to play for this week. So there are still uh, some options. This is your like monthly reminder that if you're like me and you keep forgetting to cancel your subscriptions, go and see what's on there because it changes up all the time. So <laughs> there might be something uh, really interesting for you to play like Call of the Sea. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about it next week because it is it is a pretty um like bite-sized experience it's only about five hours or so so i think uh we should both be able to uh to finish it by next week and uh, give you guys some kind of like overall final thoughts so do go check it out if you want to uh chat with us about it before next week you can do that either by hitting us up over on patreon at patreon.com slash the gamers in wanted to say a very big special thank you to our january patron dominic uh, or you can go and uh, chat with us about Call of the Sea or whatever you're playing over on our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord, which is going to bring us to the news section of the show. And uh, speaking of things that are going to be coming out in the next uh, month or so, we got a new trailer for Super Mario 3D World, right? And and the Bowser expansion? Yeah, <laughs> Bowser's guess. Fury or is Furry it, if it... you're funny on the internet. <laughs> which like bowser didn't look like a furry i mean the whole rest of the game does because your cats the toads are cats everybody's rubbing on everybody like cat things so i mean sure but like bowser he's like metal as fuck yeah. <laughs> he's like covered in like deep black oil he's breathing fire he's like turning everything around him evil like he's just he's going in (laughs) yeah i got a real um not to not to invoke breath of the wild again but i got a weird breath of the wild (laughs) vibe from from this sort of expansion that they're introducing like the 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 shrine that they kind of show kind of looks like the shrines in breath of the wild and it kind of appears as though there's a more open world approach to super mario 3d world and that you're gonna have like a it's very hard to tell we don't have a lot of details i believe we know that there is this is an expansion there's like 12 or so 
new new experiences or new levels or something as part mm-hmm. of Bowser's uh, Fury. But it really felt like there was kind of like this um, this not open world but like a, a world map where you are in inter- you are going into the levels through this this uh this main level and as part of that main level you're having to deal with bowser's fury who is is kind of trying to <laughs> trying to take you on on this larger level scale and um i'm really interested to see how that plays because it feels very different from anything I, I experienced in super mario 3d world um i'm which is what I wanted. I want something new to to encourage me to buy this as opposed to just like, oh, yeah, just rebuy the same game. It'll be fine. You know, this this feels like a, a substantial. Yeah, ad. which is it's it's really good because, I mean, I didn't ever play this. So I'm really excited about going in and, and getting to experience this game that I haven't ever experienced before. But yeah, I can imagine you must be, as someone who did play it on the Wii U, a little bit hesitant. So I'm glad that it seems like um, it's it's going to be something that'll that'll work for you <laughs> or that is interesting to you and not just like an up-resed version. Well, I mean, I bought the Amiibos, so I should probably oh buy the game. <laughs> like the Amiibos from this new game, the yes. Bowser's Fury version? Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. It's Ryan, Cat, you have a, Cat you have a problem. Oh. You have a problem. I mean, I just, I have shelf space, so I got to fill it. Right? Right? Oh my God. I don't know. They look cool. They're, I've bought, you know, I was kind of going through expenses for 2020 and I only bought two Amiibo last year. So wow. I feel like that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good for you. Yeah. They're still getting more and more expensive. So uh, for some reason, when you buy two, it looks like you bought three or four, but still. Um, oh wow really <laughs> yeah they're like i think they've they've um they used to cost like 15.99 canadian and now they're like 21.99 now the quality has gone up in them but still like that's a pretty steep steep jump but um yeah yeah the amiibo looks look pretty cool for this super mario 3d world on switch and i'm excited to i'm excited to check out this expansion and and play through the game because i feel like i really really liked it on on the wii u and Mario games are kind of evergreen, so I feel like I could play it again. But when I look at Pikmin three and um, there was another one that came out that that was like Super Mario, uh, Super Mario, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Like I didn't pick that one up either. It felt like those I played and I got my fill and I'm good. But this one, I'm happy to play through it again. Like when we re- when we rebought 3D All Stars, it looked really fun. Yeah, honestly, oh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, like because again, I've never played it, so it was so much of it looks like new. But I was I was kind of surprised how, like, I guess unique it looked as a Mario game compared to like other stuff that I've played like before and since. Um, not only like the cat stuff, but like um uh the koopa guy is like or the oh crap what's his name the the bowser the bowser little bowser dude who Baby bowser. has the yeah they're the, um, bowser, bowser jr bowser jr, <laughs> bowser jr. Wow, i couldn't that even was, get it right yeah sorry guys that that took a that took a while we got there though <laughs> but yeah like he's looks like he's your bro and he's like painting stuff on walls and things and i'm like yo what's going on here this seems like it has like an interesting kind of story yeah. slash mechanic and and the cat things obviously but um yeah there seems to be a, like a lot of interesting stuff going on and at, like there's this like is it like a dolphin or something that mario was kind of riding I think, and i think that's like an I upgrade know, to cool. like lap lap is it la- it's no less no 
Lakuda or Lakuda? No, or... there was like a, oh. in Super Mario 64, there was like Nessie, but I don't know if it was Nessie. It was like the Loch Ness Monster, and then they kind of evolved it in um, Sunshine or maybe Galaxy. It's basically like a basically like a Loch Ness Monster, but they've kind of made it their own. The the one in 64 was literally the Loch Ness Monster, but I think they've they've Nintendo eyes it a little bit more. They've Nintendoed it. <laughs> yeah, they Nintendoed it, and um, yeah, it it looks really interesting. I it's you know Nintendo really knows how to cut a trailer in combination with giving zero information on something like literally Bowser's Fury was a title screen at best when they announced it uh, last year mm-hmm. during the during the 35th uh, anniversary direct. And now that we've gotten a two minute trailer, the first footage of this expansion, it shows so much yet we know so little about what what this is. But um, it's intriguing. You know, the fact that you've got this giant Bowser that appears to be trying to take you out at certain moments kind of reminds me a little bit of um, in Breath of the Wild when you would have that the red moon phase and the enemies would get really mm. strong and they would try to take you out. It feels kind of like that, like maybe while you're going through the main world or the, the overworld. That's yeah, because it, it, looked, it looked like it was um, like changing the world that they had shown or like the locations that they had shown earlier in the trailer. Yeah, yeah it uh it just looks really cool and i i'm i'm glad that nintendo is looking to add more to these to these remakes where where possible like i know if you ported yeah. you know wind waker wii u onto the switch there really wouldn't be a lot you could do to that without maybe being accused of tampering with the original original game but in the in the essence of super mario 3d world like you you could easily add like another level and it still have still makes sense so yeah I'm really glad that they're doing this and um, also giving us cat amiibos, which is what the world needs right now, I think. So so is that what, is that what you bought? Cat yeah, amiibos? Yeah, two, two cat amiibos. It'll be fine. Is it, I, is it just cats or is it Mario no. dressed like a cat? Or <laughs> No, it's, uh, it's cat Mario and cat Peach. So uh, Okay, well, I mean, if you get Mario, you have to get Peach. I know, I was only going to get Mario. That's how I ended up with the whole wedding set. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like what game was that i don't even remember that was odyssey um, odyssey yeah they all odyssey. get married for some reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> in odyssey but then they don't spoiler alert yeah <laughs> because uh that would be that would be that would not be great um yeah so no but these are these are individual academy bows they're not they don't have to come in up in they're not like <laughs> they don't tied come together. in a wedding set <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you want to use them as as wedding toppers that's totally fine like, I think amiibos work really well as wedding toppers. I never, I never got a chance to do it, so a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, that definitely would have been your cake, a hundred percent. I think you did Lego people, which work yeah, quite well too. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of Mario in there too. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, it's going to be coming out soon. I think it looks really good, and it, you're right. I think it looks like they're adding quite a lot to the. Uh, the base game experience. So I'm looking forward to that. We also had a couple of uh, Lucasfilm games announcements type things that happened in this last week. So today, um, yeah, well, yeah, I guess it was a couple days ago for the first, the Star Wars thing. And then today for the Indiana Jones thing. Uh, So Star Wars games are going to be branded as Lucasfilm games going forward. And also they announced that uh, Lucasfilm Games is making an Indiana Jones game 
with Bethesda. Hmm. So I guess it's it's like Bethesda's making it, but like Lucasfilm Games is now a thing and they're they're splashing their their logo on it <laughs> well so lucas um lucas arts was their original sort of it was an it was a game right. studio before disney bought lucas lucas film and they made right. a lot of they made a lot of star wars games they made a lot of um games based on other lucas film properties like indiana jones um but they also made other games like uh, a lot of um a, a lot of games that the double fine folks used to work on like adventure games and stuff uh, but now, and then, you know, once they got bought, they, they kind of fired their entire development staff and kind of went more into like a, like a creative I love how control. you said kind of. They kind of fired. They did. It's like, they I'm did. pretty sure you just, you're fired or you're not. I don't think you could be kind of fired. No, they, they, I meant more in the sense that they kind of fired, ev- like not fired, ev- not fired, but kind of everyone. I think, anyways, I don't know. They, they got rid of a lot of staff and um, became more of like a sort of creative control like uh brand board type thing and they kind of took all the star wars license they sold it to ea for 10 years like here's here give us a bunch of money you can use this license for 10 years and that's obviously go make star wars (laughs) yeah and you know didn't um didn't uh didn't it was like one good game maybe one and a half yeah it, it went okay like, I, yeah, I think okay is the there was um generous there was like Canadian the battle, way of putting it. Um was it Battle Battlefront? Yeah. And then the the Jedi one, the single player one that just came out like was that a year ago, a year and a half ago? Yeah, so Star Wars uh Jedi Fallen Order which was excellent was definitely their best one that was done by Respawn, uh the Titanfall folks. And they had Battlefront 1 and 2 both had their issues um which you know we've obviously talked about on this show a lot and uh rogue uh there was star wars rogue there was a new one the new one that just came out this year i hadn't or last year i hadn't played it it was uh it was more of like a rogue squadron one like a fighter pilots squatter squadron anyways i can't remember what it's called um you guys can tell we're huge into star wars (laughs) i mean i try i really do the mandalorian is great so go watch that on and and make a game about that honestly would be really cool um the the idea here like before the indiana jones announcement there was sort of like ooh, is this disney kind of getting their shit together because again where disney does really well is when they sort of empower their own you know studios to make great products like you look at the mcu like that wouldn't be possible if you said here you go, Fox. Uh, well, you saw how well that went with X-Men. It just doesn't work when you when you license it out and give it to somebody who just wants to kind of make, uh, like not make the right thing, I guess. And you look at the MCU built in-house and they're, you know, they bought Marvel, but they didn't say like, okay, we're going to buy Marvel and then ship out this product, you know, this IP to other studios. They kind of allowed them to build it in-house. So there's this hope that with Lucas film games maybe they're trying to bring a bit more in-house or a bit more creative control and ensure that these products that are coming out you know the AAA products that are coming out are are of a certain quality and we really never experienced that i'd say personally until jedi fallen order so there's hope maybe that they've they're going to do a bit of that we don't know but then we got the announcement today that they were going to be doing an Indiana Jones game with Machine Games, which are the folks that made uh, Wolfenstein, the Wolfenstein reboots for Bethesda, and I think it's a I think it's a really interesting fit, and also really great to see Indiana Jones coming back after 
what has probably been a very long hiatus from video games. I I can't even I remember there was an N64 one that was terrible. Um I don't know if you've ever played an Indiana Jones game, but they I have not because I Indiana Jones was not my thing. Like I think it was what two or three years ago now that we watched Indiana Jones for Embrace the Spoilers. Like that's how old I was when I saw Indiana Jones for the first time. So <laughs> like, uh, it was not my thing. I, I wouldn't have, yeah, I wouldn't have played that back in the day or even noticed that it existed. <laughs> the fact that there even was an Indiana Jones game. I was like, really? <laughs> there was a couple, a lot of people bring up the battle or the search for Atlantis as one that is sort of the, I've never played it. I think that one was a PC game. The one I'm thinking of is there was an N64 game that is not, you know, it's like one of those games that you play on the N64 that's like, oof, this is not going to age well. And sure enough, I highly doubt it has. But um, the fact that, the, <laughs> you know, this this is them farm Again, this goes back to, like, the opposite of what I was saying. They are actually yeah. <laughs> farming their IP out. But I'm, I'm still, people are still hopeful that maybe Disney will take a little bit more control over it. And I don't know. I just, based on Machine Gun, Machine Games sort of pedigree, I have a, I have a higher faith that they will deliver something um at a stronger Worthy level of indiana than, jones yeah. yeah or even just better than battlefront i know like again like i just i think we need we need more studios more developers to take a crack at these really great ips and and i think selling it to ea for 10 years like the star wars license that might have been that that probably squashed like a lot of cool projects that could have came out and there was even a couple examples um the folks that made the Rebel Galaxy, they were going to do a Star Wars game and EA showed them the door. You know, they yeah. they own the license. They didn't want to. And, and EA has not made like some smaller experiences. Like I know um, the Squadrons game that came out last year was a smaller experience, but still not at the level that like I think could have been cool to see more of those you know console slash grassroots kind of levels yeah like what what you would describe as like more of an indie approach like and i know ea publishes some of those games but the fact that they've saved star wars for just more of the triple a experiences like i think there's a lot you can do with that that ip that yeah the universe is really big there's a lot they can do that's like different or smaller yeah. So I'm kind of I'm I'm glad to see at, at the very least that with Lucasfilm Games they are interested in licensing the IP to other studios. I think if this was an announcement where we're partnering with EA to make an Indiana Jones game, that would probably that wouldn't have been reading the room. I think people are ready mm-hmm. for these IPs to be handled by other developers that are that are eager to build their vision of uh, Star Wars or indiana jones game so this is Mm -hmm. it's exciting it's probably a ways off and i've heard i've i've seen people say basically like well the the ink is probably already dried on the contract before microsoft purchased bethesda so i would guess this is going to be a game that comes to all platforms as well since this is a licensed game they they probably said oh yeah i totally forgot about that piece Mm -hmm. (laughs) that bethesda is not like totally on their own anymore right like (laughs) but this will be a game pass game which is kind of interesting but you know it's um it's a weird world we live in and and really like any of these like announcements that are coming out about you know from studios and stuff like there's there's a whole new wrinkle to it now in that you know evidently microsoft could just come in and buy them and suddenly oh we're day one game pass now that that is huge so Mm -hmm. 
the fact that this was like someone was joking like hey we got our first big game pass announcement of 2021 <laughs> indiana jones <laughs> although this game is probably not coming till like 2024 or yeah maybe 2023 i don't know yeah what they actually show so they've done some stuff <laughs> but um what they showed, they said it, that it's a, a new original story, right? So it's not going to be um, like a rehashing of any of the movies or anything like that. Um, but I totally lost my train of thought. Um, totally original story. Uh, right. It's just a teaser trailer. It's like a desk with books on it and stuff. And there's like some iconic things from the movies and things like his hat. His hat's in it. It's a big yeah. deal. Apparently, he, he picks up his hat, internet. and there's yeah, a whip. Like, yeah, the whip. Yeah, but there's there's not like it. It doesn't give us any information. It's no. like the teaseriest of teaser trailers. And it even feels like maybe there's something in there that real internet sleuths will find that is like, oh, this is this is going to be about this specific like historical myth. I didn't see anything in my quick watch that kind of spelled like, oh, we're going here, we're going there. Uh, it, it really feels like this is very much an early, early tease. They even say in the Bethesda tweet that like, it's going to be some time before we have more to reveal, but we're very excited. Yeah. And like, sometime to me feels like Elder Scrolls Six style. Right. You're not going to hear I'm from like, this uh, for a while. That's the one thing that I find that is so frustrating <laughs> is I'm just like, why are you announcing these things when they are so far out? Like, I'm glad that you're telling us that you're working on things, I guess, but like Elder Scrolls Six in 2030? Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said that the video game industry needs to follow more of the, the movie approach where... Uh, you you announce it before production even starts and and there's no secrecy there and I, and a lot like when you remove the secrecy it does it does remove like some of the pressures of building a game and and but yeah i well, don't the know the thing is though i mean like if you if you start to announce it before um like before you um actually start making the game like i I just, the movie, the turnaround on movies isn't as long as the turnaround no. on games. Like, we were just making fun of Elder Scrolls Six, which was announced years ago now, and we've seen nothing else. <laughs> so, it's just like, it, they don't really, like, announce movies, like, five, six, seven years out. Like, no, they, <laughs> they announce a movie, they start making the movie, and then the movie comes out, like, there's maybe, like, a, a I feel like a three-year turnaround is very long in the movie industry. Whereas like, you know, probably I would say two years is kind of the norm, like announce and then film and then promote and then release. Like it's a two year kind of window for a film in general, obviously mm -hmm. very vast generalizations here versus like gaming where, I mean, God, cyberpunk just <laughs> took how many years? Like a decade. It was announced <laughs> like before Witcher 3 was announced. So yeah, that is... <laughs> And, and the teaser for Cyberpunk 2077 that came out in 2012 was is very similar to what we're seeing here with the Indiana Jones game. There was more to it than that, and it and it still took eight years. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I I don't. A lot of people like, can I just, see. I this think and, it's silly to like announce stuff that that far out. <laughs> it's it's very silly, and I know Nintendo has publicly commented on stuff like this where. Um, they say we want to avoid announcing things early because things change. And famously with Metroid prime four, that was a big example of like, we showed this too soon and we had to literally scrap and give it to a different studio. So 
maybe we don't do that anymore. But then they did it with Breath of the Wild too. And again, I think it comes to a studio wanting to share their excitement for a project with the, you know, their fans, but there is a double-edged sword to it. Like with cyberpunk where you can start that hype in 2012 and then continue building it over and over, you know, or going dark for a very long period of time. I, I think what machine games has done here with Bethesda and saying like, look, like this is a tease. We're excited to share, but you're not going to see much going forward until we're ready to share more. And I I think that was the same line they took with elder scrolls six, but it's kind of getting weird with Bethesda announcing like also Starfield was announced and we haven't seen Mm -hmm. anything for it. So maybe Bethesda is just, you know, not, not great at announcing projects. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but they've been like just absolutely knocking it out of the park when it comes to ESO. Right. So I'm just like, I I don't know. It's like, we're getting like announcements and then content delivered and it's great content. And it's just like, they're on they're They've hit their stride, but everything else that isn't that MMO is just, yeah, just weird, man. They've had, they've had a, and they, they hit a bit of a snag with fallout four where they didn't announce it. Um, and then there were a bunch of high-profile leaks, and they got into some spats, I think, with Kotaku about some of these leaks. And um, that was a game that Bethesda built you know, behind closed doors and then announced it at E3 and said, it's coming out this fall. And that was probably the best example of a Bethesda game being developed, announced, released, uh, with announcement being so close to release. But, uh, but it had its issues, too, where they were dealing with a lot of leaks and a lot of rumors and stuff that I don't think they really appreciated being out there so maybe this is their way of being maybe this is them being like hey if we leak it you can't (laughs) yeah like this is happening and sure like then when the rumblings are just basically you know more detailed we're making an indiana jones game this takes the wind out of those sails and you can just focus on building the game and then when we're ready to show like an alpha slice we can do that and uh, yeah it's going to be two or three years of darkness but yeah yeah, because we uh, we literally just talked about a game off the well, almost top of the show, middle of the show, I guess, uh, in Horizon, where um, basically we've got Horizon as this like worst kept secret, I guess is yeah. the best way to describe it, where it's like everybody knew that game was coming, right? Like everybody knew the sequel was coming. There were job postings up and whatever. And then they announced it like about a year out, we're assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everyone was like, yeah, we knew you were working on this, but it didn't make it any less exciting. It actually so yeah, I feel like it made it more exciting, kind of like, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. It just, it seems weird. Like, I feel like, yeah. I think we should be... I, I know there's two ways to think about doing announcements and stuff like that right i think like, with sequels it's it's just expected like we knew like breath of the wild 2 like it was a surprise because it's nintendo they don't often do sequels to their to their zelda mm-hmm. games and they've said as much but when that got announced that was a, a huge surprise but also it covers like you said job postings so with horizon like we just knew they were ma- making a sequel they said as much you know on basically saying like yeah we're making another one but we're not ready to announce it and when those job postings came out like of course it was for horizon 2 um but i feel like with this one it's it's uh it's one of those things where you can get the name out you can get the you can get the ip that we've licensed out there and we can just focus on building the game while having very specific 
job postings for all the hiring they're going to do. I, I think mm-hmm. there's a strategic approach to it. And I just think like complete secrecy is, is not, is probably not the answer. I think in, in all of these examples, maybe outside of breath of the wild, like we knew, we knew something was coming and it's just easier for them to either soft acknowledge it. Or in the case of Indiana Jones, be like, yo, we're making an Indiana Jones game. Um, Although I, I find it weird, like that in the teaser, they don't use the, they use like a, a thematic, like a theme close to the original theme, but they don't like get to it till the end when you really, like, you know, it's Indiana Jones and they don't really cue the theme. I know this is probably not meaning anything to you because, because you don't, I, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, like but... everyone knows the Indiana Jones theme, right? Like it's just, I felt like that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> I don't know, man. I have the Jurassic Park theme running through my head now. So, <laughs> oh man, can we get a good Jurassic Park game? Like, how hard is it to make a dinosaur game? Like, I just yeah, I I kind of liked the um like theme park management breed your own dinosaurs game. Like that was fine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like more of a well, I mean, yeah, more of Jurassic the, more Park of an adventure game. Yeah, maybe it isn't a good adventure game. Maybe it's too hard to make a good dinosaur adventure game. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we'll put that idea forward and hopefully we get one soon. No, I'm probably uh... wrong. Don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's going to do it for us this week, you guys. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening to The Gamers In. You can, like I mentioned earlier on, you can hit us up in Discord, bit.ly slash TGI Discord, if you'd like to let us know what you're playing or if you'd like to follow along with us as we play Call of the Sea. And have some of those uh, spoilery conversations. Again, head on over to the Discord. Or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn and Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. I almost said Ryan is at Ryan Murphy. And I was like, no, that's probably the TV guy. <laughs> no, it's some programmer, I think, or something. Oh, know. is it? <laughs> uh, and you should also not forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying with Gamers In. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.